You're listening to I Have Some Notes, a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown, community supported. Hey, Greg, I've got a movie for you. Oh, uh, shoot. I want to make a Venom movie. Oh, that'd be awesome. I, I, I'd love to see Venom fight Spider-Man. Oh, no, Spider-Man's not in it. Oh, I have some notes. Welcome, everyone, to I Have Some Notes. We are the movie podcast voices in your head. You listen, we speak, a perfectly symbiotic relationship. I'm your host, Liam Kreswick. I'm Scott C. Bourgeois. I'm Greg Beaver. And today we are discussing the 2018 film Venom. Uh, We are also joined by a wonderful guest. She is the co-owner of Variant Edition Comics and Culture. Uh, Welcome back to the show, Danica LeBlanc. Hi, thanks for having me again. Welcome back. It's it's so nice to have you on when you're not kicking me off my own podcast. That's fun. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Although well, I'm sure that that I'd... will happen again in the future very soon. Yeah, I figured I'd let you have this one. Okay, but just thank this you. One. Appreciate it. <laughs> are we? Are you on the show because we're talking about comic books? Uh, sadly, I am being woefully typecast uh, in this podcast. Uh, yeah, yes, when I, I am. When I think Venom fan, edgelord, I think uh, Danica. <laughs> oh, yes. I, I love my space boyfriends, my yeah. stabby boys. <laughs> he is I a stabby honestly, boy, especially in this movie. He is. Yes. And he also, he's a bitey boy. Yeah, very, very bitey boy. Yeah, there's a very, <laughs> there's a very high and sanitized body count in this movie. Yeah, I was gonna say he's he he, he is a bitey boy, but it's all implied and off screen and and just like suggested that he's a bitey yeah. bitey boy. The most exciting of, of bitey boys. <laughs> I don't know that we see any blood in this movie, uh, and there are dozens of dead people. Yeah, there is a little bit of spray when he actually decapitates a couple people. And I say a couple because um, Lady Venom does as well. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you it's pretty pretty clean cut uh, for biting someone's, uh, someone's head off, which is kind of remarkable. Yeah, I would, I would say that the, in a weird way, the dialogue is sometimes almost more violent and visceral than the actual mm. action. Like, Venom's descriptions of what he's going to do to people are mm-hmm. often very horrific and and, and funny uh, as well. <laughs> like, but it's, yeah, it's <laughs> this sort of weird dichotomy that the movie's going, um, got going on. And, like, there's rumors that it was, there is somewhere a R-rated cut of this movie is sitting somewhere mm. in the, in the annals of Sony, but uh, I, uh, that's only a rumor. Yeah, um, yeah. I would have uh, certainly like uh, to see what director Ruben Fleischer would have uh, done with uh, with an R rating, but we we got this uh, PG thirteen thing uh, going through the cast list and the the people who made it. Of course, Ruben Fleischer, famous for Zombie Land and Thirty Minutes or Less, uh, written hey, by Cat named familiar, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Second time up for old Ruben. Yeah, he's like you're you're on the. Um, you're on the chopping block again, Rubes. Um, you're gonna get notarized. Look out. No. Uh, <laughs> written by, uh, Jeff Pinkner, 
uh, and Scott Rosenberg, who uh, wrote Gone in 60 Seconds, and uh, Jumanji, uh, not respectively, whatever the opposite of that is. Um, uh, very, stars very important that it's Welcome to the Jungle Jumanji, not the Robin Williams Jumanji. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, stars, of course, uh, Tom Hardy as uh, Eddie Brock and Venom, uh, Michelle Williams as uh, Anne Weying, Riz Ahmed as Carlton Drake slash Riot, and of course, uh, Jenny Slate as Dr. Dora Skirth. Now, I have a question for our resident comic expert. Is mm-hmm. is Anne Weying an actual character in the Spider-Verse? Um, I assume so. I actually uh, don't know. I'd have to Google that. Uh-oh. Yes, she is. She is, in fact, she Venom. Oh, yeah. That, okay. Oh, okay. Uh, no, <laughs> when I when you said I'm your resident Venom expert, uh, I'm afraid you were. I should have. I should have not. Yeah, I should have not put you on the spot like that. I should have said. <laughs> okay. I should have said at least the very least comics expert because I did not know. <laughs> yeah, your I think, level I think, of uh, <laughs> of knowledgeability uh, in the Spideyverse. Ah, uh, that's fine. Don't worry about it. Um, no, she is. Um, and I. I know she, I know it's she Venom. I still like Lady Venom. I'm gonna hold to my personal canon of Lady Venom. I like Lady Venom I much better. She's I was a lady. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think she Venom is kind of. I don't know. It just doesn't feel like respect respectful of her. And I feel like if Michelle Williams is playing you, you are a lady. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. No fair. Legit. <laughs> also, side quick sidebar. But do y'all see that Tatiana Maslany was uh, cast to play She Hulk? <gasps> yes, we did. That's pretty. I good. can't tell you how pumped I am about that. Can we just spend an hour talking about that? Because yeah. holy crap! <laughs> yeah, that'll She-Hulk be, that'll is be my sweet. favorite Marvel character, and I loved Tatiana in Orphan Black, and Brandon actually showed me this today, and I was just like, this is the best news you could have ever told me. Why would you do this? Like, I can't emotionally handle this. <laughs> So I've been psyched ever since we 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 figured out that we were going to have a She-Hulk show because I never thought that was going to happen. And then this casting, I'm sorry, um, like this is like <laughs> if making me like ethereally happy. I really want it to okay. be like the She-Hulk comic where it's Alec McBeal but superheroes. Yeah, I mean it'll I be like the the, the, the and Plato, right? Yeah. Like, that's my favorite. Yeah. Ah, oh, I love it so much. Uh, Venom was released on October 5th, 2018. The budget, of course, 100 million. And looking at the domestic revenues, the um, 213 million, uh, uh, another 850 worldwide. So it looks, looks like it was pretty successful. And it's, uh, uh. It was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah, surprisingly successful. I'll put my, my accounting books away now. <laughs> Thank you, accounting man. <laughs> yeah, the uh, the movie had a weird release slot because it was up against A Star Is Born with Lady Gaga and Handsome Man, and um, it also was kind of spinning off of the kind of sort of unpopular Amazing Spider-Man franchise that Sony put out that wasn't great, and it was up against a very successful reboot of Spider-Man having come from Marvel. So I, I feel like there wasn't a lot of studio confidence in this movie, and then it way overperformed their expectations. Honestly, I'd rather see that from a superhero movie than what we get, which is it's out for five minutes, and there are 17 articles online going, oh, this is a failure. We've failed. Everything is crashing and burning. Like, just 
let it let it breathe let it breathe yeah, let it be a movie let it make its cultural impact yeah there's yeah. Some, there's something to be said about uh about that it just in general with the way that we consume media we you know uh we don't let it grow on us anymore you know, like you know, like when you were uh, a teenager and you and you popped in, you know, I don't know. I'm just going with what Greg popped into his CD player, which was like live throwing <laughs> copper, and like that album. You know, I I listened to it several times, and like eventually, each one of the songs on that album eventually grew on me, and it became my favorite album of all of all time. But like, if I had just done what we tend to do now, where we go on Spotify, listen to a song once, and was like, that sucks, see you later, never listen to that again. <laughs> <laughs> Downvote, thumbs down. You know, uh, when we did the same thing with movies and television as well. It's just uh, to the internet to register our dismay, and then uh, no second chances given, generally speaking. No, yeah. and I think you have to also be in the right moment to experience something, some kind of media or art. Um, and, you know, I, I'm sure there are many uh, albums and even television and movies that you watch it the first time, you're like, yeah, that was, that was good or that was horrible or like I was just not having a good day. But if you watch it six months later, you're like, oh, I see it now. Okay. Um, like... Uh, for instance, uh, when I first watched uh, Doctor Who back in 2005, when it was like airing on CBC, I, I was like, who is this guy? Like, I don't understand. Um, but when I went back and watched his season again, uh, the, the ninth Doctor, Christopher Eccleston, I really got a new uh, kind of image of him and I was mm-hmm. in a different place in my life I was in you know and you don't have to like everything you don't have to go back and try everything over and over and over but I feel like a lot of times you should you should give some things a chance there are some things yeah you know you're not gonna like it that's fine you know I I will never like mushrooms I try them every couple of years like a bite never like mushrooms <laughs> But, you know, it's not yeah. the best example, but it is an example. Um, I think you should, yeah, you should give it some air to breathe. Because maybe it was you that day. Who knows? I, I'm going to um, posit another, or I'm going to posit a theory as to why this movie overperformed. And, and I feel like it's maybe because, generally speaking, when we go to the theaters to see a superhero movie, we're not really surprised anymore because we've seen so many of them and we kind of know the dance. And this version of this Venom movie is kind of harkens back to kind of more of the Sam Raimi era of uh, superhero movies where um, the, the source material is, is not, super adhered to or, or respected in the greatest manner. Uh, the, uh, the There's leaps taken with the characters or there's kind of like a strange take on them um, that, that the fans may not necessarily uh, warm up to right away. And I, I think like, and because the expectations for this movie were not high and then everyone gets into the theater and it's like, ah, you know what? It wasn't that bad. It wasn't, you know, it was, it was fine. And, and also... Tom Hardy's performance is great, and he kind of makes the middle of this movie super fun. So, um, I don't know, just like a co- that combination of things, I think, really helped it out. 
and obviously the name recognition, just because there's a lot of '90s fanboys who are who are, who just couldn't wait for this movie. Yeah, I think people have been chomping at for uh, chomping at the bit for this one for years. Um, let's uh, let's uh, let the trailer uh, sort of set up what's going on here. I'm Eddie Brock. I'm a reporter. I always seem to find myself questioning something the government may not be looking at. I found something really bad. And I have been taken. Look around at the world. What do you see? A planet on the brink of collapse. Human beings are disposable. But man and symbiote combined. This is a new race, a new species. A higher life form. What do you want from me? You will find out. I am so sorry. We cannot just hurt people. Look into my eyes, Eddie. Scrappy reporter Eddie Brock is living the good life in San Francisco, having moved from New York to escape the shadow of a certain contractually unnamed IP. Eddie has a beautiful whip-smart lawyer for a fiancé and is the lead reporter for his own popular... Uh, I'm going to say TV show? Web series? It's unclear. The point is, Eddie is going places, or at least he would be, if it didn't turn out he's actually a terrible future husband and an even worse journalist. Eddie violates his fiancée's trust by stealing confidential legal information from her laptop so he can pointlessly ambush a rich pharma bro, Carlton Drake, during an interview for his podcast or whatever. Drake throws him off the premises and Eddie promptly and justifiably loses everything. I know what you're thinking. When are we going to get to the symbiote and all the cool black suit stuff? Don't worry. We will get there. We just need to pad this Pharma Bro stuff out for another 40 minutes or so. Question for you guys. Mm-hmm. Was there too much Pharma Bro in this movie? And and it did it because I, I feel like beginning chunk of the movie is mediocre. Middle chunk, excellent the last act needs a lot of work and i feel like the the beginning of the movie is is too convoluted with all the 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 farmer bro stuff what are your thoughts yeah i don't i think the the first act is maybe more convoluted by having them spread all over the the world like all the symbiotes in different places i i i I think he like he's kind of just a boring villain he's just very like i'm gonna i'm I'm going to do the sinister thing because I'm the sinister villain and profit's a good enough motive. Um, so I don't know if there's too much of it. I just think it could have been made more interesting, like more interesting, thi- like more of the experiences, uh, experiments he was ha- testing on them or more of why he wanted this, how he found it, what he intends to do with it. Um, but it's just a lot of him like walking around, bossing people around and sort of being like, where's my symbiote? I love my symbiote. Here it is. I'm me. 
Yeah, we've had two movies recently that have had Farmer Bro villains in them uh, because we, mm-hmm. we just recently did uh, Old Guard. And I feel like the Farmer Bro in Old Guard's motivations were more clear and more believable. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I think uh, Riz Ahmed is... He's a real mustache twirler in this one to the point where it strains my disbelief. He seems to... Like, one of my biggest problems, like, he seems to know what the Venom race is when they had only just discovered it. Yeah. And there's there's no exploring with him, like... Learning about uh, learning about this race of aliens through him all that much, uh, other than they can, you know, take other people and you know, take over other people's bodies. But like, I feel like I, I feel like he he just he goes he goes to villain at like a hundred and ten percent right away when like a little bit of a build up to his villainy would be a little bit more fun. Yeah, he and I mean I I have a possible slight fix for that but i'll save it for the second half so we don't get ahead of ourselves but he seems to know that what he's doing is wrong but he doesn't have a suitable motivation for Mm. why he's doing it and i'd be willing to believe that he's a billionaire who has no value for human life and is willing to sacrifice uh, a bunch of homeless people to pursue his me or to to pursue his goals i just don't know what his goals are other than space question mark yeah mm-hmm. i found seeing him as a sociopath act it helps his character unfortunately <laughs> um but the- he doesn't see humans as things but you're right he didn't have um uh i felt that riot had more of the uh, villain motivation than he did Yeah, because riot's uh, trying to save yeah. his species exactly and take over earth but in, in which case you could have just left riot in the in the grandma and it would have been fine yeah, and I feel like he's going for more of a legacy thing. Like he's he's really pulling on that I have to make my impact and this is all I have to do for it, but he's not thinking about it. Yeah. Uh him and that that for that first act too would even be um perhaps if they gave Jenny Slate's character kind of more to do or more motivation or more definition. Um in Oh, in, in any of- kind of media if you give Jenny Slate more to do, I yeah. would be a fan of that. Yes. She's the worst. You can cut that. Oh my god. She's actually the best. I, That's just a reference to first... Parks and Rec because she's fantastic <laughs> in it. I have never done anything wrong ever in my life, okay? Um, no, I love her. Uh, and I was so jazzed to see her turn up in this movie the first time I watched it because I didn't know. And so it was just the kind of the best surprise. And then, and then she, she gets... actually got to play this dramatic character. And of course, she has range. And then she gets murdered like at the end of Act 1 which is was surprising yes. considering how prominent her character was early on that she gets axed so quickly was Yeah, I thought there surprising. was a very uh, tight ribbon on that one. Uh, they killed her and they killed another symbiote, which means they didn't have to deal with another symbiote plot. The Right. We to circle back a little bit. We were talking about how uh, Riot's motivation is a little more clear than Drake's motivation, but really, if you boil it down, motivations are a problem in this movie. Period. 
Um, we don't oh, yes. uh, like Eddie Brock's motivations for what he does early on in the movie are a little fuzzy. Venom's motivation for turning on his people is uh, just like I decided I don't like them anymore, and none of it, mm-hmm. it like it all strains credulity. And I think with mm-hmm. a little bit, maybe this is just because the movie's pretty pretty tight as it is. Maybe with a little more room to breathe, we could have explored what these characters want a little more. Yeah, like Eddie and Anne specifically, that like we get a little bit of time with them where they're seem to be a, a nice, happy couple. And then there's there's not really any sort of hint at um, any strain in the relationship at all. So when Eddie does her dirty by like stealing uh, legal information from her laptop. A process that would clearly uh, violate, I mean, it's a, it's a violation of his journalistic oath, I suppose, and also, like, clearly illegal at the same time. Like, it's mm-hmm. it, it goes so far so quickly. Um, yeah, that, if, uh, if it was clear that Eddie was, like, desperate for a scoop or something, uh, as opposed mm-hmm. to just, like, oh, I'm having an interview with Drake, and I'm going to look at your secret legal documents and yeah, get you fired right. like, and get works, myself would, fired. It would work a lot better if he was a if he was a down and out reporter rather than a guy with his own show. Yeah, yeah, because he was doing fine, um, and the fact that he barely hesitated before opening her email means he's probably done it before. Um, <laughs> I, I know <laughs> that's fair. Oh, yeah, <laughs> guaranteed. Um, as I said on the chat, I think he's just a very attractive cat sitter. I don't think he's a boyfriend. <laughs> You know who is a good boyfriend, though? Dr. Dan. <laughs> Dr. Dan is great Dr. in this Dan movie. Dr. Dan is a sweetheart. No yeah, notes I think this for is Dr. A, Dan. This is a good opportunity to, to call this. Uh, what would we keep? And I think we can all unanimously say Dr. Dan. Uh, <laughs> yes. it been, even if he breaks the HIPAA Dan. oath, he, he's a keeper. Yeah, it would have been <laughs> so easy to make Dan an asshole boyfriend and mm-hmm. uh, to to make it so that it's clear that like Anne should end up with Eddie. But the fact that Dan is a super nice guy, very helpful in the plot, seems to to like Anne a lot, helps Eddie out without even a second thought. Uh, he's a great secondary character, and it makes it makes the fact that Eddie is still carrying a torch for Anne that much more almost pathetic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which but it works. It works for the movie. And I I like that Dan is not a bad guy. I actually really thought the character was very funny and fun. And worked in the mm-hmm. role. He's the Carrie Elwes from Liar Liar. He's a nice guy in a terrible situation. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's 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 nice to see like playing against the trope like that, right? And just yeah. Not, yeah. Because yeah, you would ex- you would. That's kind of what you're expecting. Is like, oh, clearly this guy's going to be a piece of shit because he's the new boyfriend. Yep. <laughs> no, turns out he's actually a super nice guy and a very competent doctor. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and Eddie's the broken man who makes terrible life choices, so that's why he's the ex. Yeah. 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 And if only he had made more terrible life choices, or at least <laughs> or at least give us an inkling that, that he was a bit more troubled off off a hop, I think it all would have mm-hmm. played a bit better. Um you know, I I think I think if he got if we also got a little bit more time uh with him kind of after the dumping and being a bit more alone because um, mm-hmm. a good there's a like there's a good moment in the MRI scene uh, the second one where um, 
Venom and, and Eddie Brock are separated. And <laughs> Tom Hardy's looking at um, at Venom at trying to escape the, the MRA room, and he says, oh, he's alone, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, I think, like, that moment's supposed to be uh, this moment of kinship between the two, that Eddie Brock realizes that Venom is uh, alone as he is. Um, but because we don't um, know enough about either of these two characters, a, a good moment doesn't land as well as it should. No, I actually found that scene quite funny. Yeah. <laughs> I probably wasn't supposed to, but I loved it. <laughs> I think most of the stuff with, with Tom Hardy and, and that's like, that's where the movie really comes alive. Right. And it's yeah. kind of, it's almost a shame that it it's, we only, it, it takes an hour to get to that kind of stuff. But like, it's, mm-hmm. it is, it is a lot of, uh, a lot of fun. And Tom Hardy's doing uh, such a, such a great job playing off of himself with it. That's actually one of my keeps. Um, I hope I'm not jumping ahead. But it's perfect, he, yeah. He really, his relationship with Venom, um, the physical, the physical comedy is brilliant. Um, the fact that his arm can be doing something when his face is going, oh no, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, oh my god, I didn't mean to hit you in the face. Um, he's just, he's just got it. He's, he's a very good physical comedian, and I feel that he really lights up after um, as an actor after Venom is there. Um, before then, you know, he's playing, you know, this kind of 2D boyfriend, but he really doesn't shine until Venom appears. I love that. I would, I would 100% keep the lobster scene because I think that's my favorite scene in the oh entire movie. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I was reading the IMDb trivia, and apparently he came up with that. So they made him a damn fish tank, a lobster tank, to fit a human being because a real <laughs> lobster tank should not do that. And I thought that was brilliant. I mean, you go into this fancy restaurant and you ruin everything. Makes everybody uncomfortable. Everybody's like, no, 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 stop doing it! Oh my god! And yeah, the, there. the the ruining a <laughs> fancy restaurant thing has been done, and the, just having him like sit nicely, like, no, I'm I've got my place now. I'm good, like, I'm I'm, I'm seated like all the other uh, guests. Yeah. Uh, was it a kind of a nice touch? Yeah. 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 yeah how comfortably with he was with it was pretty great. <laughs> I love that. I would. I'm curious to know what they made the lobster out of because that was gross. No matter how, <laughs> no matter what what it was, it was it could have been jello or whatever but i still would have been like oh he's eating a live lobster oh no (laughs) oh my gosh uh the entire scene where um drake's thugs kind of uh and like kmart uh carl urban come in and they're like oh we're gonna punch you in the face and he's like i'm not okay with this the whole raise arm raising scene and just everything when he's talking to venom and when he's trying to fight with these guys and has no control um, I loved that, and then they do, still did get, um, sorry, still did give Venom a hero moment where he he put out like this bulletproof shield, and mm-hmm. so you see that Venom still cares about these dumb tiny humans, <laughs> of which he shouldn't, but he's starting to. You can kind of see character growth within the symbiote. Yeah, I think which which probably brings us to like uh, maybe the the central problem with the the movie which is venom's change of heart right mm-hmm. at right before the climax of the film 
Like mm-hmm. we got, if we, if we definitely needed a lot more of those moments of, of venom building some sort of affinity for the humans, or at the very least, a really good affinity for Eddie Brock. For, yeah, I think they te- really try to tease that out a bit, but uh, even just like a, a more of a reason to want to flip, you know, he, you know, do a do a hero turn uh, against the the other symbiotes because it, it's yeah, it's a little it's a little muddy. Pretty much all um, all they had for proof was. I was a loser on my planet, like you're a loser on yours, and that's yeah. how easy it was about, to turn him. Yeah, that was exactly the line I was thinking tell of. Tell the like, show kind of moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I have a slight, I I have an idea how to fix that, and it's also an idea that would I think fix part of the problem with Drake's motivation slash riot. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's based off of something smarter people than us have already suggested as a slight fix for the movie, but. It's a good fix, and I think we can go further with it. But that's for part. That's for the second half of this episode. <laughs> Liam, did you mention one of the things that you wanted to keep? I can't remember. Oh yeah, I, um, uh, I do actually think a lot of the action, like, I was, I was as I was watching this, I was kind of like action. I had, the, I've come up with a, a theory. I don't know if I, I fully believe in my own theory, um, but I've, I've. I think going forward, I'm going to give action movies like this, like a, a bit of a pass fail, uh, uh, thing of like, is the action serviceable enough that the fact that there's no character depth or like compelling story, like that's a pass. So basically it's like, there's two, two criteria. Do I care about the characters in the story? Is the action fun to watch? And it's like, if you have both great, if you only have action, still technically a pass, yeah, you but don't- if you, uh, you don't watch a Tony Jaw movie for the for the compelling character arcs. You you tune into a Tony Jaw movie to see him knee people in the head. Yeah, <laughs> and you, I'd say you, if you, you tune in to hear him scream, "Where's my elephant?" and punch the crap out of people. Yeah, yeah. and I mean, exactly. if there's a character arc, great. That makes for a better movie. But that's not why. Yeah. You're, that's not what put you in the theater. <laughs> yeah. And I would say just barely. This movie kind of like the action was fun enough to watch that at no point was I like pissed off we were watching it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah. No, no, I get that. It's so. mm-hmm. it's a fun movie, and Greg said it perfectly early on. In the the second act of this movie is great fun, and it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. You just need to kind of tighten the screws on the first act, and then kind of rejigger the third act. Yeah, but I also like second acts of most movies are like it's the fun. It's like that's the easy part. You know what I mean? Like yeah. It's it's like you get you know most movies the second act when the characters getting their powers and going through the trials and 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 really like things are popping off before any emotional weight and stakes need to come to a head or uh, good setup has happened like it's just it's the easiest part like I'd hope the middle the second act of a superhero movie was fun to watch you know what I mean yeah I mean in fairness we've watched a lot of movies that have have had slogs. <laughs> All the way yeah. through the, uh, the 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 second act. True I, enough. But I'd even say like the best I, part of I, I Green totally, Lantern was totally probably the second you, act. Like, it, it like, makes, yes, you're 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 totally right that like that's you know it's it's the they're working against the problem section of the movie and that's where that's where most of the fun comes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, I uh, I think we have some uh, some thoughts on this. Let's uh, let's get to uh, uh, our notes after we hear from our sponsors. Everyone has a story to tell. The narratives of Emmentonians provide a rich patchwork of experiences that make our city a beautiful place to call home. 
a local podcast by age-friendly Edmonton, The Shared Mic Conversations for the Ages is providing a platform for Edmontonians of different ages and backgrounds to share their stories. Listen to riveting intergenerational conversations on topics including cultivating friendships, building careers, exploring virtual theater, volunteerism, and more. The Shared Mic launches on October 5th and is available on Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Shared Mic is brought to you by the Edmonton Seniors Coordinating Council and the City of Edmonton. Welcome back to I Have Some Notes. Uh, gang, how are we going to fix Venom? Uh, Let's do it. Let's fix it. Yeah, but how? <laughs> well, um... I'll, I'll start with the, the fix that I had alluded to earlier. And, and this is a fix that other people have also hit upon. So I'm not going to claim. More tongues. Uh, well, yes. <laughs> so I'm not, tongue. I'm not going to claim that this is 100% original. But um, it's been pointed out that at the end of the day, Riot needs to be in Drake and Venom needs to be in Eddie. But Riot starts the movie across the planet and makes his way to Drake over the course of two acts of movie. Uh, spending six months in an old woman. And instead, why don't you have Riot start the movie in the lab and Venom start the movie out in the field? Because then then Riot's right near Drake. And I think that this could work because part of the problem that we had was Drake and Riot's motivations and Venom's motivations. And I think if you set up Venom as uh, kind of the black sheet of the black sheep, I'm going to take that again. <clears throat> If you set up Venom as the black sheep of the symbiotes right from jump, he's separated from them because he's an exile. He has been trying to oust Riot from this genocide that he's been engaged in for some time. And that's why he's separated from the other symbiotes on Earth. And then Riot's at the lab where uh, the other symbiote specimens have been obtained. Early on in the movie, Drake could volunteer himself. He could pull a green goblin and be like, there's no time to find a volunteer. I'm just going to do it myself. And he bonds with Riot early on in the movie. And that gives us more time with the main villain. And it gives us more time for Drake to explore what it means to be a symbiote. So his knowledge of what the symbiotes are and do make more sense early on. And he can be hiding the fact that he's been affected by Riot from Jenny Slate, who could still like blow the whistle on him when she figures mm-hmm. out what's up. So you still have that beat. Meanwhile, Venom's trying to make it back to Riot to fight him, and he ends up finding Eddie along the way. And that sets up a clear motivation for for Venom early on because revenge is a pretty strong motivator, especially when you're trying to play up Venom as an anti-hero. He doesn't care about people at first. He just cares about getting to Riot. But then being bonded with Eddie through the second act of the movie it's a more perfect symbiosis, say, than than Venom has ever experienced before. And he realizes, I like being in this guy. Like, this works. And I could make a life here after I've gotten rid of Riot. Like, I, I definitely don't want this planet to be destroyed. Because this guy and I are in perfect harmony. Even if Eddie doesn't recognize that at first. So, right there, you've got, you've got the villains paired up earlier on. You've got a more clear motivation for Venom to want to fight Riot from early on. And I think that 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 right there tightens up the movie a little bit. And it takes away some of the contrivance, too, because if if Riot needs to be in Drake, why start Riot miles away from Drake and Venom right next to him? Like, 
Hmm. Just flip so them around. So they can have the, the scene with a creepy little girl just walking <laughs> into his lap. J. Jonah Jameson III could have had Venom in him at the beginning of the movie instead of Riot. That's all I'm saying. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> uh, no, I actually, I quite like that, actually. Uh, I think that would have been very good. Uh, Riot needs to get to San Francisco for giant question mark um because all he does is needs to know to get to drake but why that's never explained well because Um, he wants to get the rest of his people but in this case he starts mm -hmm. next to drake and to get to the rest of his people Mm -hmm. he already knows who drake is he knows to control drake to get to the rocket to get to the rest of his people and Mm -hmm. he can manipulate drake so we get more time with riot and we get more mm-hmm. time with Drake learning about what's going on with the symbiotes and getting and and spiraling down this this hole with Riot like whispering in his ear, right? Yeah, I mean he's already a he's already a villain in his own right. Uh, Drake is, yeah, and he would be very open to listening to uh, another sociopathic being. Plus, mm-hmm. and and I'm just going to put this out here. This way, it can also set up the the further human trials as well because drake at first is like he gets affected by right he doesn't even necessarily need to pull a green goblin and volunteer to uh merge with the symbiote it could have been an accident and Mm -hmm. but then he starts like pushing the envelope and he's like we need human testing we need it now and jenny slate's like why and he's like just do it and it turns out it's because riot wants more hosts for more of his symbiote buddies and that could mm-hmm. set up an interesting third act where Venom doesn't just have to deal with Riot. He has to deal with some other lesser nameless symbiotes along the way as well. Nice. Mm. Yeah. Who, are, who are acting, uh, who are playing interference. Heck, you could have uh, Treese or whatever the, the security guy could show up in the third act being uh, affected by a symbiote. And then Lady Venom shows up and kicks his butt to save Eddie. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That'd be at least something for michelle williams to do yeah and it would it would make for an interesting third act set piece Mm -hmm. i I actually have a pitch for for uh, michelle williams and uh uh lady venom and uh uh, jenny slate's character um i don't know if this is like a great fix but i actually want to pitch it so he he ruins his girlfriend's life like he really he violates her privacy and then gets her fired um she should be done with him complete and and then shows up all sweaty and weird and venomy um, I don't think they should get back together at all, uh, and I think uh, there's an opportunity to maybe have uh, both uh, a relationship and an, a Lady Venom in the form of Jenny Slade's character. Oh, because uh, she goes and like she's like, oh, I need Mr. Mr. Brock, I need your help. Um, and uh, especially if it was like a misdirection where like you think it's gonna be his ex in the Lady Venom suit, and it's and it's Jenny Slate. Um, because yeah, there's really. The only reason they get back together is because she was the thing he lost in the beginning of the movie. Um, mm-hmm. But in the same way, he was lonely and he needs to find us another lonely symbiote to to learn uh, about you know loneliness in the sense of self. Um, he, the, the thing he you know the thing he wants is um, I'm forgetting character names and uh, uh, actresses. The thing he wants is Anne, but the thing he needs is Doctor Dora. Like. Mm-hmm. You know, he he wants to maybe be left alone or to be there, but he needs the symbiote to help him uh, learn that. Um, so that was uh, that was a, a pitch I had. Plus, um, it gives Jenny Slate more to do, and that is automatically a plus. 
and it doesn't necessarily Absolutely. mean less for uh, Anne Wayne to, or uh, Michelle Williams to do either. Yeah, we need Doctor Dan in the movie to uh, do some of the sciencing for Eddie. So, I mean, Anne can mm-hmm. still be there. It's just that way. Yeah. That way, like mm-hmm. you make a hard line, like you violated a trust with me, and we're done. But that doesn't mean that I don't care about you enough that I'm not going to help you. Yes, but then and that you're not beyond what redemption. I liked about their relationship is that they were split apart, but as soon as she saw that he was, he might actually be dying. She still cared about him. Uh, they were still, they were still friends uh, at in the first place, right? So mm-hmm. some things go beyond. Oh, I'm going to get back together with my boyfriend. I actually saw their final scene together as they are not back together. Dan's still in the picture. Oh, yeah, yeah and, I agree with that. Yeah. Uh, oh, and Venom yes. is just like, oh, we'll get her back, buddy. We'll get her back. But I guess I, yeah, I, I misread the, the kiss they had, but you're right. They don't get, but the fact, I, I it's no. a sort of the same thing where he still wants her back. He's still, she, it's still an aspiration. And I think he, um, Sorry, I guess I kind of under undermine uh, my own point by uh, misremembering <laughs> how it played well, out. I think but. It, I think that I think you're right that um, that Michelle Williams should definitely want to to leave Eddie Brock, mm-hmm. and I and like, as we touched on earlier in the in the first half, it, it actually plays a lot better if Eddie Brock is is kind of um, a dipshit to begin with, right? And he's not he's not a great reporter. And he's a, a, a crappy boyfriend on top of it. So, so that when when things start to go wrong, and and he's you know he's combining with with um, with venom and stuff like that, like like you know you can have those scenes where like he continually pushes Michelle Williams buttons, even though they've they've sort of been. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Venom does to him what he does to to his girlfriends and he needs to like he needs this literal symbiote to teach him relationships well yeah because the the symbiote and and this plays into the idea that Venom finds a perfect match in in Eddie the symbiote and Eddie should make each other better right Mm -hmm. yeah yeah absolutely I see him as a really great reporter but it's to a fault Uh, he cannot be attentive to his partner because he is attentive to himself until he has a partner that is within himself, literally within himself. And he has to realize that there are more than there is more than one p- person in this relationship. Yeah. And so that might not get him back with Anne, but that definitely gets him better uh, as a partner. Yeah. Yeah, the, the way I see it is that this movie is a love story, and it's a love story mm-hmm. between Eddie Brock and Venom. Yes, and absolutely. That's, that's, that's the way Eddie it should Venom play story out. Should be. It, I mean, Anna's <laughs> there, and I think she's amazing. Uh, this movie fails the Bechdel test hardcore um, because uh, Doctor Skirth and Anne do not ever meet or ever talk. Um, and if they did, it'd probably be about Eddie. But I, def- <laughs> yeah. I, I would definitely improve it. Uh, this is on the fly because I did not write this down. But I would absolutely improve the female relationships in this movie. I mean. It's most movies, to be honest. But this movie, mm-hmm. definitely, since we're talking about that right now. Yeah. Yep. I'm just, yeah. I, sorry, I, there's, a, there's a big pause there just because I was trying to think of <laughs> how, how, you com- how, how you bring together um, Anne's character and um, Jenny Slate's character. And it's probably, it's mm-hmm. probably in that, Michelle Williams' character is a, a a lawyer, 
Um, mm. So perhaps it's that Jenny Slate goes to Michelle Williams first to to blow the whistle. I was actually thinking. I was actually thinking. I mean, that's a good. That's actually a really good point. But I was actually thinking what Scott was saying basically when Eddie kind of connects them. So unfortunately, it is through a man. Um, however. Uh, we can um, experiment when Venom, he wants Venom out of his body, so Venom leaves, and then Venom could uh, infect one of the women, and then uh, they could have an adventure of their own, which I would be more than happy with uh, to have a little bit of a side quest. Yeah, if we if we have uh, symbiotes switching bodies, there's uh, no reason we can't. Because like, they well, kind of we... undermine their own premise of like, oh, it, it's mm-hmm. a perfect match, and yet... Uh, oh my gosh you know, that was one of the huge things that bugged me actually i didn't yeah. even write in my notes i'm just like bringing things up but they were like it has to be a perfect match or else they'll eat your body parts from the within and then after like half the movie's done they're like ah they can go into anyone and they won't die it'll be fine <laughs> yeah, don't yeah. worry about it well, don't I don't, ask questions i don't think it needs to be a perfect match i think that in the case of Whoa. venom and eddie though it just happens to be a perfect mm-hmm. match and that's I why that venom wants to stay established it yeah, they established it though. Yeah, um, I have I have your side quest. I have your side quest because I'd I'd suggested it earlier. Uh, Riot in Drake earlier in the movie is looking for mm-hmm. other suitable hosts for some of his symbiote pals. Mm-hmm. He gets the security <gasps> chief Treese uh, all jacked up on symbiosis, and uh, Lady Venom has to go and save Eddie from Treese when he's all symbioted up, and Eddie's not because he's been separated mm-hmm. from Venom at that point. Exactly. And, and, I would love to see her. And there you have you have a, a sweet set piece uh, battle between Lady Venom and mm-hmm. whatever symbiote is all all up in Teresa's business. And then mm-hmm. he gets his head bit off, and that symbiote is dealt with. And then Venom goes back in Eddie because I mean that's where I want to be. I like that guy. Yeah, <laughs> and it would be more than just a cool reference to uh, she Venom. Instead, you'd, you'd get of a she sweet fight scene. Whole- yeah. Yeah, you get a whole scene with her, and I yeah, think that would that, be amazing. That for may the actually fans. that may actually contribute a little bit to the story, a little rather than just a, a quick rescue. And that whole makes... that whole bit for me, where he gets he gets kidnapped and then immediately saved, is just doesn't. It it needs a little bit more time to breathe. I feel. No, yeah. if a man's going to be a damsel, I need him to be like a Chris Pine level of a damsel. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he you needs, know what he I'm needs talking to, about. He, he needs to dangle in the tower quite a bit longer. Well, and exactly. then you, that also means that you need a more suitable dragon than I'm a dude with a gun. <laughs> Correct. Uh, up against yeah. space mm-hmm. alien exactly. monsters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. You know, they, like there could there could be a chance for a little bit more um, character development between Eddie Brock and and Michelle Williams as well. Um, in that, <laughs> and wait, uh, like I what I kind of like about some of the themes that they were trying to touch on in, in this movie is, is the idea of, of Eddie and both Eddie and B and Venom being lonely. And, and the reason that they fit together so well is that they, they complement each other. And, and suddenly, although the voices in each other's heads are jarring, they, they don't feel alone anymore. And by passing the symbiote on to Michelle Williams and giving her more time to play in that Venom suit, um, there can be a moment in which she tells Eddie Brock, like, you know, I, I understand. I don't, I don't agree with anything that you did to me, but like, I understand the pain that you feel and the loneliness you feel. And, 
and how it and what it drive what what drives you to do things that you 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 maybe know are wrong and shouldn't do but do anyway. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In fact, I think we've we've put a lot more uh, like emotion and thought and like mm-hmm. <laughs> human empathy into the Venom movie than I think anyone would have ever expected <laughs> yeah. from it. So yeah, I, mean, I do maybe actually want- the Venom. Maybe the symbiote is is kind of an um, an extension of you. You know, mm-hmm. uh, so you would do things that you maybe wouldn't do. Uh, you would be riskier. You jump higher. You you kiss people that you want to kiss, but you don't generally because you are with a man named Dan. Yeah. Um, I I think that using the Venom symbiote while also having him as his own character is really important to the story. Yeah. Um, it's actually funny that you say that that, that uh, you know increasing your personality, upping your inhibition. My big note was honestly like this movie is kind of the same premise as The Mask, <laughs> and I, I and then I was just like, man, I love The Mask. This movie should have just been The Mask. Um, but uh, but be careful to be what less... you wish for. There are some terrible sequels to The Mask. <laughs> yes, good point. Um, good point. Um, but but uh, I think that especially because Ruben Fleischer has uh, a history of directing, you know, for better or for worse, um, comedies uh, uh, at like action comedies, uh, Zombieland, Thirty Minutes or Less. Um, that they could have like they could have upped the funny in this. I you know I I, I, I it mm-hmm. seems like a weird note, but like I think they could have had more mask mask esque fun. Mm-hmm. Well, that's why uh, I like the physical comedy so much mm-hmm. is, um, yeah, I was happy with the level that they had, but yeah, if they had a but bit like, more. What they could have got away with more if it was rated R is my mm-hmm. other note. You know, it's, it's funny yeah. that you that you compare that Venom to the mask because there there is a brilliant gif out there somewhere where the, <laughs> the, the, Venom, the Venom from this movie has got great big googly eyes and it's, oh, it's just the, the best eyes. gif. <laughs> 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 and it's very the mask esque. Yeah, I mean, if you ever took Venom seriously, and you shouldn't because it's fun, it's comics. Yeah. Um, anything with googly eyes is just <laughs> so delightful, and that's okay. That's okay. We're allowed yeah. to have fun at, at a gritty superhero movie, you know? Yeah. Like, it's just, I think a lot of people were expecting like, like a Batman or like a like a Spawn Justice League, like gritty, hardcore, blah blah. No, it's mm. fun. It's Venom, and it's okay yeah. to be fun. Yeah, I um, I had a I <laughs> I legitimately like this movie. To be I, honest, I laughed out loud yeah, at this movie I a couple times. several times. Yeah, like it's I enjoy it's, it. It's very fun, and like I I, <laughs> I think I said <laughs> I might have said it in the chat or somewhere where I was like, "Is Venom good actually?" Because like it's just. You know, yeah. it, it's it. Some movies just have the the ability to overcome their flaws. You know, they, mm-hmm. they there's enough there's enough in it. There's enough charm, and there's there uh, there's enough good moments to outweigh the bad. And I, I think that, that Venom's a good example of it. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Uh, well, we have some listener comments as well. If you want to get in on the notes having, please follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, when we solicit comments, you uh, hit us with those comments, and then we read them on the air like I'm about to do. Nathan Martin says, I love this movie. I don't know why, except that Hardy's performance is just awesome. He's clearly having fun with it. I think he should have been more of a vigilante. 
It's like a buddy cop movie where the buddy is a voice in your head. I know the OG history of the symbiote is that it came from space, but in the Ultimate Comics, it came from cancer research, which I think would have been a better for the bad guy's motivation. It's a, it's a fair point there. Uh, I actually, yeah, I actually love yeah. that idea. And I think it would, would have worked beautifully with this particular movie. Especially with the Farmer Bro villain, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nathan goes on to say, creating something that he thought would cure cancer and ends up being not that. I love Michelle Williams. She is a fantastic actress. Some of the writing is just not great, and from the sounds of it, there was a lot uh, that was cut from the film to keep the runtime down. I know the movie has flaws, but I'm in. I don't care. I had fun. Camp. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're kind of in the same boat there. Uh, we all also mm-hmm. enjoyed the movie in spite of its flaws, of which there are plenty. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's enough good in there to uh, to kind of patch over a lot of that. Yeah. yeah. As a fan of Christopher Nolan movies, this is this is uh. just my life. <laughs> <laughs> Lori Plant says, "Meh movie, unearned plot. Not sure why Venom gave a fuck about anyone. He just blurts it out at one point. Certainly don't know how he went from yeah, I'm the runt to guess this means betraying my entire race. Teehee." <laughs> because it was never said, not earned, not discussed, bleh. Otherwise, serviceable action movie. Yeah, we, we kind of touched on the fact that motivations are the, the real weak point in this film. Mm-hmm. Oh, why does anybody do anything? Reasons. <laughs> <laughs> but like slightly, it's funny too, we do because we do so many of these, these kind of movies where it, the, the, that kind of comment comes up. And so like compared to Dungeons and Dragons last week where it's like, at least there was like broad hand wavy reasons here, as opposed to like a full vacuum where motivation should be, like like a spotlight and a pedestal and nothing on it. Like, yeah, yeah. The writers just... for this movie, at some point while they were writing the third act, went, "Oh, why is Venom actually betraying his people?" And the other one was like, "Maybe we should write a reason for that." And the first one yeah. was like, "Uh, because." <laughs> and yeah, and yeah, yeah. done. Checked off. Yeah, checked yeah, yeah. off that on the on the list. <laughs> Moving hey, on, Jack, please. <laughs> we got that. This humans is the... are adorable, squishy creatures. We've got a CGI fight scene to write. We're done with motivations. <laughs> that almost. I think because Venom says it, and you know, Venom, you can animate his voice in post. I almost wonder if that was like they hired punch up, you know, punch up writers. They're like, hey, by the way, we noticed Venom doesn't have uh, any motivation whatsoever. Can we just suggest? <laughs> <laughs> um, in between these, like in between these, like head chopping off jokes. Uh, oh, like, oh yeah, yeah. We'll just do it in voiceover or something. It'll yeah, be all good. Yeah. Don't worry. <laughs> we don't get hired to punch up core <laughs> core character traits. Um, anyway, Evan T. Adnams says better than I expected, but that was a low bar. I think that's fair for most of the people who saw this movie. <laughs> I think it's yeah. What we were saying at the beginning, maybe why it did so well was people who were like did not expect much, and it over under promise, over deliver. Yeah. Um, Matt Bow says this was one of the few movies I ever bailed on finishing. It was on a I was on a plane and I had limited entertainment options as well. My suggestion is to drop this movie down a well. When did you wow. bail on this movie, Matt? Because if you Thanks. did not get to the second act, you missed out on some pretty fun shenanigans. Yeah, I, well, I, yeah. I know to Matt, be fair, like being on a plane is like the worst place to watch a movie. Like, yeah, <laughs> that's fair. yeah. Like it's real easy to be like, ah, I'm done with this. See you later. I'm uncomfortable. Yeah. I got I got bad cold air blowing in my face. It's probably full of germs and like <laughs> everything oh. sucks. And so does this movie. <laughs> Goodbye. 
I I mean I I've only uh, been on this podcast a, a short time now, um, but I don't know that I, I can ever have heard a, a movie note in any of the criticism I've read or been a part of uh, before and after. Um, your 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 fix, Matt, is to drop this movie down a well, <laughs> just to send it down to Samara at the bottom it's of the. It's very room. specific. It's very specific. Like. <laughs> the when you watch the ring tape now it's Samara watching his copy of Venom. Oh no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oof. Uh, and then in 7 days she makes you watch it. I mean, I would enjoy that. So, <laughs> I mean, as long as I'm not being murdered by a uh uh well, a woman coming out, out of a well, I'm a, I'm okay. I'll watch Venom in 7 days. Like this. I'd rather watch Venom come out of a well than that creepy girl. <laughs> I mean, as long as he's not coming to kill me, that would be fine. Like, if Tom Hardy's coming out of a well, I think I'd be okay with that. <laughs> At least if a big old black monster came out of the well, I was like, ah, that tracks. I mean, this is, like, really creepy, <laughs> gross, weird video. Like, ah, I'm, this makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> and he'd be like, hey, I want to put up some heads together. And I'd be like, I mean, I'll watch you. Like, don't kill me. Cool. All right. <laughs> I feel like we'd get along. As long as I don't have to bite off any heads. That was a lot of riffing on that well bit. But <laughs> so sorry. Next yeah, I was just going to let it peter out there. Okay. <clears throat> Cinematological, uh, Robin specifically uh, commented, uh, second only to Bane for ridiculous Tom Hardy accents. Uh, terrible movie Wait, that, that has nothing. Was that, was oh that Bane or Dr. Evil? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, maybe it was a <laughs> you have to you have to cover your mouth with it. I did. I did not. I'm not wearing a mask. Don't mask Jamie. Okay. Oh. <laughs> Second only to Bane for ridiculous Tom Hardy accent. Terrible movie that has nothing to say other than more symbiotes, more problems. Uh, it almost has something to say. I think it was on the cusp. I think we that's my punch that up a bit. Is, uh, yeah. That that yeah. this the, this needs to be a commentary on what good relationships look like. Mm-hmm. That that is, I think that's the about about of this uh, uh, movie here. But exactly, you have to learn how to look within yourself, but also realize there are people outside of you, and I think yeah. that's the message. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I will <laughs> fight him for that. Robin <laughs> knows. <laughs> Cake Raptor says, "I love this movie. I hope the sequel is so much gayer." Agreed. Yeah. Go Cake Raptor. Oh, could Eddie yes. end up with Dr. Dan? Dr. Dan is so nice. Well, I think I think meant Venom and... <laughs> yeah. No, Though I actually, unfortunately, I don't think it will. I think any hope of this being any kind of commentary on, like, the nature of relationships, gay or otherwise, space or otherwise, it's just going to be more, like, edgelord dude bro, you know, mm-hmm. metal militia action as Carnage and Venom, you know, rip each other up. Oh, yeah, the sequel is going to be, like, bro time central. Uh, Dan will not be there because he's too nice. And you can't have nice people in a movie like that. The start of the movie should be just Dan's head, you know. Oh, no. No. Dan and Anne will be like, oh, my God. I just realized it was Dan and Anne. Oh, no. That's cute. Oh, how did I just realize? I'm so sorry. I keep interrupting, but that okay. uh, that was atrocious, and I realized I had never figured that out. All right, not interrupting my comments. Don't worry about it. I'm definitely, <laughs> I'm definitely to say what never I going to, to say. their wedding because I will mock them furiously. All right, what's next? 
Braden Young says, uh, could have been much better had they stepped away from the 90s superhero feel. The characters need better motivations and the plot needed another pass by the writers. A lot of its problems could have been fixed. The Venom design and Tom Hardy were the best parts of the movie. I mean, we just we just did fix it. Ah. So. I will say this. I, I, I couldn't find a good place to slip it in in the main thing. I, I do slightly disagree about Venom as a design. I hated when he was talking to Venom and so it came out of him and then looked at him with a CGI like head with the eyes and the mouth. Doesn't he do that and in the comics? I thought he did. Do they? It I looked very they. silly, and I'm like, this thing has been crawling around like an ooze in all other scenarios. Like when it was in the MRI room, why didn't it make the face and be like, let me out of here? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I it I get that the face is like the the Spider Man kind of looking eyes and the smile and the jaw are like part of the aesthetic, but it didn't need to like come out of his chest and have a full like face to face dialogue with him. Like, actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna add in one other thing uh, that yeah. I kind of didn't like but i didn't make a big deal of uh in this episode is that venom is called venom when he meets eddie and is just like i'm venom and it's like you're a space alien why are you called venom um <laughs> i mean they they kind of squash that with riot too he's like i'm riot and i'm like okay you just named yourself like that's not what your mother named you boy no i think i think that venom should have been named by eddie at some point and been like, okay, I'm Venom now. And that should have just been like the thing. And basically the same with Riot. And yeah. they shouldn't, the, space aliens should not just show up being like, I'm Venom. How do you know what Venom <laughs> yeah. is? I'm like, Riot, hush now. Your mother told me your name was Theodore and you, yeah. will, be ex- you will listen to that. Yeah. Well, I even made the comment when you're watching it because at the end, uh, <laughs> um, uh, He's like, there's going to be carnage. I'm like, you haven't met your, your symbiote yet. How did you guess his name? No. That's that's the name of the other character in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> but he, had, he at that time, uh, Cletus Cassidy hadn't met his... Anyway, you know what? You get my point. Anyway. No, it just had to be a call-out for the comics yeah. fans. And of that's course. all it was. Like, that's the thing. There's this weird balance between, is it good writing? Or is it a call-out to the, the fans? Yeah. And... Uh-huh. This one wasn't like the the last scene wasn't. I I, I don't really think it could have been, unfortunately. Travis there's P. Something, there's something. Oh, sorry, can, if I can just have one <laughs> in, one more interjection. Yeah, yeah. I think all with general and like superhero movies, um, I don't know. There's always when they use the actual superhero name for a lot of superheroes. like it comes off as really goofy and and a lot of that's just because like you know there's a lot of superheroes with just inherently goofy names so much so that like some superheroes never get their name said in a movie explicitly like for example does does anyone ever actually call black widow black widow in the mcu directly yeah they call her natasha most of the time yeah and like Marvel, I see Marvel kind of understood this very well. Like in in most cases, like the the superheroes are either named by the media or um, or there's a good contrivance for why they get this sort of moniker. Like Captain America was he was a you know he was in USO show, so of course he's going to have like some sort of weird goofy stage name, right? And then it just kind of stuck. Like, that makes sense. Or in the case of Spider-Man, it's just a little kid that just named himself Spider-Man, which sort of makes sense. But, like, like a lot of the mm-hmm. other superheroes, do, you know, either don't hear their name uh, 
at all, uh, or it's or it's mentioned it's mentioned in in a passing or something like that. And I think that's the smartest way to deal with it because there's something about live action that just doesn't feel goofy enough to be able to pull off just like like you know the the moment where you've got to name the superhero that just feels it just feels mm-hmm. strange. And I think that's the case with Venom. So even like like I think that's why they didn't go with the scene, Scott, that you're asking, where they where uh, Eddie Brock and Venom suddenly come up with this new name for themselves or whatever, just because like it, it on mm-hmm. like on screen it just it might just come off as awkward and dumb. Yeah, yeah I think enough. you almost have to like roll over it and just say it, get it out of the way. Yeah, because there's a lot. Yeah. yeah, you're right. There's a lot of things in comics that if you say them out loud, you will sound like a crazy person. Cough the Green Lantern oath. Cough. Right. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and I and I don't say that to invalidate your point, Scott, because you're you're still correct. Like it's it's mm-hmm. kind of weird that Space Alien has an English name. Like like mm-hmm. it's yeah. it's still weird. I agree with that. It's just like I I kind of understand why they were doing that. I think I would have accepted, I've watched so much uh, sci-fi, and especially Doctor Who, I think I would have accepted, well, in your language, it sounds like, or it translates to Riot or Venom. Mm-hmm. Like, I think yeah. I would have been okay with just that little mm-hmm. um, shrug instead of, my name is Venom. Not at all, uh, <laughs> yeah. like, Grant or something. I don't know. <laughs> like, like, it's just, you're Venom. That's cool. That's cool. All right. But yeah, um, and I don't know enough about if there are other symbiotes, because there probably are, but what their names were, and I'm sure there was even something with the colors of them that they came back, like there were different colors in the tubes. So mm-hmm. I'm sure someone on the internet is, you know, writing yeah, furious emails right now, I'm sure. <laughs> but mm, whatever. Um, I think I just need, with <clears throat> science fiction, j- or comics, or both, just enough BS to make me believe it. Yes, that's that's a good way of putting it. <laughs> that's how, that's that's why I love Star Trek so much. It's like it all is. It's a bunch of nonsense techno jargon, jargon, and I'm like, mm, yes, that is just enough for me. That it's the perfect amount of non-science I need. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Because you, you can't logic this, and you shouldn't. Um, it's like how I, you know, I shouldn't logic doc, uh, Dr. Who or anything with time travel. Don't logic that. You'll just hurt your brain. Just accept a, a, enough science that they give you that feels believable. And that's what you should do with some of your media, especially comics. Like, you, you have to... You have to suspend your disbelief i mean comics are this whole other world where things are possible and that's okay that's good well liam by now uh tavis is is <laughs> waiting with bated breath They're like oh, when are I gonna get you know what's wild comments? this whole time i've been waiting to say travis um <laughs> so i'm glad you called me on that tavis underscore p says unlike some comic movies i don't have too many gripes would it have made eddie less likable though even a punisher type doing bad things to worse people or just a dick uh i know he is the hero but i struggle cheering for him uh but it's hard to not like tom i i disagree true. i think eddie Eddie being hapless works um, because that way Venom builds him up, right? And Eddie grounds Venom. They they need to meet mm-hmm. in the middle, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
I do agree that it's hard to not like Tom because Tom Hardy is the best. It's a great actor. I mean, have you seen a picture of Tom Hardy holding puppies? That's yeah. kind of what heaven yeah. looks like, I'm sure. <laughs> Tom Hardy and Chris Evans holding puppies. I just, I think we're all, you know, if we've been good enough in this life, that's what we're going to get. And that's okay. Amazing. Well, uh, thank you very much uh, for uh, joining us on this one, Danica. <laughs> You're very welcome. I had a lot this of fun. <laughs> like pleasure to and have And more you. than a little um, wine. Yeah. Uh, yeah. How much of that bottle is left? Um, of course, uh, your uh, business, Variant Edition Comics and Culture, uh, right here in Edmonton. Anything else you would like to plug or promote? Oh, yeah. Um, all of Variant's uh, social media is Variant Edmonton, uh, including our website. It's variantedmonton.com. Uh, if you want to follow me personally on Twitter uh, and see me rant about uh, bitey boys and have lots of wine, uh, my Twitter is at Danica here, D-A-N-I-C-A-H-E-R-E. Fabulous. Uh, thank you for joining us. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, you can find all our episodes over at IHaveSomeNotes.com. If you like the show, you can like, subscribe, rate, review. But honestly, the best thing you can do if you want to help the show is tell a friend about it. So go forth, fellow armchair screenwriters, and spread the word. Speaking of spreading the word, we would like to spread the word about the Alberta Podcast Network, uh, which we are a part of. They have many, many other great podcasts covering everything from local politics to other media to who won the big sporting matches. There's going to be something for you. You can go check it all out right now at albertapodcastnetwork.com. Also, there's a big event coming up being hosted by the Alberta Podcast Network. It's YEG Podfest. That's Y-E-G Podfest. It'll be a great opportunity to interact with some podcasters, both local and global. You'll want to check that out. You can find more information on that as well at albertapodcastnetwork.com. And we uh, upload new episodes every second Monday. Um, two weeks from now, we're going to do something a little bit different. Going back to a side notes, we're going to ch- have a little chat about um, some uh, social media sort of uh, internet type. But how are we going to describe this, Liam? <laughs> uh, socially conscious uh, media documentaries. I oh, know even I bungled it, damn it. Um, <laughs> That's close. Yeah, <laughs> me- media documentaries. Yeah, um, there's, there's just a lot of uh, uh, great documentaries lately about the sort of state of the digital world we live in now, and I uh, thought it would be nice to do a little roundup of them. Especially considering yeah, we're part of that digital world. Precisely. Yeah, specifically, you're going to be talking about the social dilemma, which if you haven't uh, seen it, I, I highly recommend uh, watching it. Um, um, don't watch it at night in the dark because it's a harrowing, <laughs> a harrowing tale about social media. Uh, well, until then, uh, I'm your host, Liam Kreswick. I'm Scott C. Bourgeois. I'm Greg Beaver. Wash your hands, Black Lives Matter, and keep watching the skies. Mm-hmm.